support for the Boner Planet Podcast is presented by Dead Down Wind, Tinks, Shadow Hunter Blinds, Burris Optics, Dead Ringer, The Grind, Bomar Archery, Element Outdoors, Reveal Cellular Camera, HHA and HHA USA, Black Eagle Arrows, Cobra Archery, Camp Chef, Novix Outdoors, and caffeine support provided by Deer Camp Coffee. Welcome, everybody, to the Bowhunter Planet podcast. Myself, Tim Mazrana, Kevin Conlin, James, and we have special guests, Karen Butler from Hunt Like a Girl. How are you doing, Karen? I am doing fantastic. It, it can't be better than it is. Awesome. 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 Good to hear. So we wanted to bring you on and kind of have a, have a conversation about what Hunt Like a, like a Girl is. And that's actually where I first wanted to start is, can you tell our listeners a little bit about Hunt Like a Girl, kind of the origins, what the what the thought process is around it and what you guys do? Yeah, sure. Well, of course, you know, I'm the president and founder of Shoot Like a Girl. And we introduced- yeah, Sorry, Shoot sports. Like a Girl. I keep saying Hunt Like a Girl. That's, and well, it's right on my screen too, my fault. <laughs> it, it's okay because we actually just started an arm Hunt Like a Girl. And I thought that was great segue. <laughs> like I was like, hey, this is a perfect segue. Awesome. Um, shoot, shoot like a girl we introduced women to shooting sports and i started the company in 2008 and we had our first event at the world archery tournament in las vegas in in uh, 2009 and it was just an incredible event the goal is that we if we can introduce women to shooting that they will love it um, the same way that i loved it when i first started and that they'll join it and to date, we've had, I just did the numbers, we've had like 26,092 women through our program uh, since the company started. And we started out with a little mom and pop, you know, I had a rickety rack of bows and a, and a target and ladies would come and shoot and it was great. Uh, and now today we have a semi tractor trailer that houses a mobile simulation range for firearms and then a live fire archery side. And we are partnered with Bass Pro and Cabela's so we get to go to Bass Pro and Cabela's all over the country and introduce women to shooting which is which is all all that we do I mean it's it's a great, great thing. No, that is absolutely awesome. We, we do actually talk a lot internally about how, you know, because we, we engage our, our purpose is to bring communities together. You know, obviously we focus on the bow hunting aspect of the, of the sports world, but it is, it is hard to get women involved. I think, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of misconceptions about what women can and can't do within the hunting industry. And man, you guys are really bringing that to the forefront, which is just absolutely awesome. Yeah, thanks very much. So, well, we, what we find a lot of times, it's just a different way that we talk to them. So we have an all-female team of instructors um, and coaches. We use archery coaches and we'll stick with archery since you guys are, you know, Bowhunter podcast. Um, and I started archery. So kind of different than most people in shooting sports, I started out in archery and then added firearms. I, I prefer to shoot my bow. I prefer to hunt with a bow, um, but it's... Um, you just can't beat that. You guys know that, right? <laughs> like absolutely uh, that that feeling of of getting so close to nature and everything you do is really dependent. Your success is dependent on yourself. But um, 
the thing with women is there a lot of women feel like they can't pull a bow back because our great loved ones that they are they say here try this honey and you know they can't pull back a 70 pound bow or they help them pull it back and it's a 30 inch draw and they shoot it and they whack their arm and they're not happy with that success. And so when I first started, that was a whole point of shoot like a girl. Um, we focus primarily on archery for the first four years and our bows are set to about 33 pounds and 25 inch draw length and shorter. And what's really interesting is we, we have very rarely have women that can't pull that back on their own. And it's a matter of technique and the way we talk to them about using their body a little different. It's not by any means the textbook way to pull a bow back, but it helps them accomplish the task so that they get that confidence that it's something they could do if they want to. Um, and it doesn't take any time at all. You know, I started out, my, my first hunt was in Colorado with a bow and I think I pulled like 38 pounds. Today I can hunt elk in Montana with a 60 pound pull. And it's just a matter of teaching your body those techniques. I'm no stronger than I was then. I just have a different mindset about how I'm pulling that bow back to make it work for me. And women, you know, we, once we think we can't do something, we really don't want to try because we don't want to look silly. We don't want to disappoint the men in our lives. You know, we want to do something and be successful at it. And so that's what we give them at Shoot Like a Girl is just that little taste to say, hey, if you wanted to, you could absolutely do this. And, and what's great, so about 36% of the women that come through our program will commit to buying a bow. And so that's all new archers that we're bringing into the fold. And when we get mama, you know what comes with mama, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, you get those babies. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a big thing that we've talked about in the past, especially in big archery shops. Even for a lot of guys, including myself, it is, can get intimidating, right? If you can't go in there and use the exact lingo and you're not buying a $1,500 bow, some of them don't really give you the uh, time of day. So it's nice that so you have a program like yours that gives people opportunity to give it a shot yeah, and feel comfortable you. about it. Thank you. And I do feel like though, so sometimes finding an archery shop is like finding a church. You know, Pretty you much. just got to go to your local <laughs> archery shop. And if you don't like how you're treated or how you feel, go to the next one down the road. Yeah. Because for the most part, I mean, honestly, I, I am genuine when I say this. My whole time in the shooting sports industry, I've maybe met three people that I wouldn't invite out to dinner with my husband and myself. Most of the people in shooting sports are kind, generous. They want you to be successful. They want you to enjoy the sport. And I think it's just a great community that's more inclusive than um, we get credit for in all honesty and how we really want to just build, you know, have more people doing our sport. Yeah. You probably wouldn't want these two guys coming out to dinner with you and your husband, but I'm available with my wife. <laughs> well, you know, I always say, and my husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about, uh, mention is, so it's really interesting. You talk about how the women have to adjust to, do the you know different type of pull and stuff which is great but one thing i've noticed is i've been around a little while is the equipment has changed so much that it really is conducive to anybody being able to pull these bowls with the let off they have and and you know and you don't i mean you don't have to pull 60 pounds to to take a deer down nowadays these bowls are so efficient i mean you could pull a lot less and just still be accurate and deadly that's right. I mean, the, the biggest thing with archery is accuracy. Um, so like I said, I started out hunting at such a lightweight compared to what I hunt with now. 
And I, I was successful, but I was accurate. And I practiced a lot at being accurate. And I think any responsible hunter will go out and do the hard work and practice to make sure that they're making those good ethical shots. Um, and, and then of course I had a lot of cases where, you know, I didn't ever take the shot because I wasn't certain of it. And I think that's where, um, you know, it still haunts me at times, <laughs> but well, you know what, that shows you're a real hunter though. Yeah. Yeah. It still haunts me. I can close my eyes and see that elk like standing right there. It's like, <laughs> come on, like really I had, so I'm a very, um, green hunter. I, I still say my husband will tell me you're more experienced than you give yourself credit for, but I self-taught. So when I started hunting, my husband, um, we weren't even married yet then. And then when I got married, my husband's a Marine and he was deployed a lot. And so I literally watched shows and would find people that would let me go on their land and hunt. And I, I just made a lot of mistakes and kind of taught myself. And I took some guided hunts as well. Um, and I had friends take me. So when I say self-taught, it's really self-taught with like this plethora of people that have shared all their knowledge with me. Um, but, uh, I had this elk come and I, I'm sorry, I'm deterring an elk story. I know you want to talk about how like a girl. Oh, you're that's that's right, please. I had this elk come and we had set up and of course the elk didn't cooperate and come where we thought he would come. And he popped up over the hill and he was walking straight at me. And all I kept thinking was, I'm gonna get gored by this bull. Like I am going to get gored to death. And so I did what anybody should do, I guess. I sucked in my stomach and tucked my hat down thinking, okay, please just walk by, please just walk by. And he boogered about four feet from me and he turned and he went and stood well first off when he was coming straight at me I had no idea a is there a kill shot in that like I wasn't experienced enough to know what my options were at the time um and then when he finally did stop he I pulled back and I I like I had walked I had moved I had collapsed my draw and redrawn and I finally get to a point where okay I'm settled into a shot and he's standing perfectly broadside at me and there's was a little tree limb just right down his kill zone and I mean, it probably was only like a little, you know, four inch tree and I didn't take the shot. I, I just couldn't like, I, I was like, oh, it still haunts me today. Cause I know I could make the shot in perfect conditions, but I don't know that I would have made the shot with all that I had just experienced in the adrenaline, but yeah, those kind of things haunt you. No, but I, I think that's important. Cause that, that's, I think that's one of the big, um, hurdles for a lot of hunters, you know, whether, whether you're, you're a woman and you're shooting or whether you're a man and you're shooting, it's confidence, right? It's, it's having that confidence to know what you can do with that weapon. And it, and it is a weapon. And when you're, when you're using a weapon, you want to have confidence that the end result that you're going to have is the expected result that you're planning for. Right. So I, I'm very much similar to you. Um, in regards to really kind of being self-taught and I've learned by a lot of mistakes and I probably um, didn't take shots that I could have, but didn't cause I'm, I'm waiting, you know, it's, it's, we call it sometimes buck fever, you know, in regards to like, you just get really excited and, and kind of overwhelmed. But at the same time it is there, there's that confidence level about all of that, which is what I absolutely love about what you're doing is trying to bring in, in a, in a mentor kind of way, that confidence that, other people can shoot not only archery i know what we talked about but you guys also do firearms right? right yeah we do we do firearms so we do handguns and we just started hunt like a girl which is really what i thought when you started we were going to talk about um so 
we, you know, I survey every woman that comes through our program. So we've sent out 26,000 surveys over the course of our history. And 33% of women, typically it sometimes runs a little lower, sometimes a little higher, but mostly 33% of the women that go through our program say they don't hunt, but want to. And I'm just like, well, why are they not? Like, what are the barriers to entry that they're following? That's a great question. And, and most of it is they're, they're just don't know anyone that hunts or they don't have the opportunity or they don't know how. And so this year, um, with our friends at Beretta and with our friends at Bass Pro and Cabela's, we're kind of doing these hunt like a girl trips where um, the one we did with Beretta, it was a no cost for the participants. And so we took new awesome. hunters at no cost and we took them turkey hunting and we took people from our staff and we were kind of the mentors slash guides, if you will, um, taking these ladies out to turkey hunt for the first time. And then we did one with um, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's as part of their VIP club experiences. Um, and we're doing three of those a year, uh, different hunts where we'll take women out. Um, some of them have hunted before, but some of them are new to that species or some of them haven't had the opportunity to hunt. And we're gonna introduce them to hunting and just kind of show them that it really is, um, A, it's a great thing to do with your family. Like, I don't know about you all, but my best time yeah. with my husband is sitting in blind where neither one of us say a word. Like we leave that blind feeling like, okay, we're, we're good. My wife um, would prefer it that way, yes. Yeah, it's just awesome. <laughs> and then, um, and then, you know, so not right. only that, it's just that confidence of being able to do it and ask the silly, they're not even silly questions, but ask questions that you don't maybe feel comfortable asking your loved one. Like, what do I do if I have to go to the bathroom? What do I do if I have this? What do I do? You know, it's just a, just a comfort zone of having other women that were kind of like cheerleaders. And I don't know, cause I've never been on an all guys hunt. I mean, I've been out hunting with the guys, but you know, we're really become like cheerleaders for each other. We want each other to be success. And there's not a, there's not a competition of who gets the biggest trophy, who got the longest beard. Like you didn't even hear that with these ladies, like who got the best bird. It was all about, did you get a bird? That's so cool. Even, even one of our clients took a Jake and there was no, there was no Jake shaming. It was all about the experience and having that success. And it just really, um, it's such a great opportunity to take women hunting for the first time and really give them that experience. Um, and I, I go back and I'll tell you why I started. If I'm talking too much, you guys can shut me no, up. We, no, absolutely. Go ahead. We, um, so I started shoot like a girl because when I first shot a gun and a bow, it was the lowest part of my adult life. I had was in the middle of a divorce and my friends took me camping and I really had just at that time of my life felt like a failure. And they introduced me to shooting and I remember shooting a rifle. I don't, I can't remember what kind it was, but the, I shot the Gatorade bottle, little cap came off and I just kept drilling the little orange cap. And every time I did, I had this feeling of, I feel good about myself. I feel good about myself. Yeah. And I really started shoot like a girl because I wanted every woman to have that same sense of feeling good about themselves and the confidence that comes from that. And hunt like a girl is really that same experience. So when I started hunting, and it's kind of a progression, I think, for most shooters, you start out maybe competition shooting, you start hearing the stories about people hunting, and you, you want to eat, you know, you want that food and that experience. And so when I... Um, when I started talking about hunt like a girl, it really is 
the the harvest is great. Don't I put a lot of pressure on myself to help these ladies get harvest, but that really wasn't the point. The point was the experience. And having that time, you know, women, men too, honestly, we're all so busy anymore. We are so busy. Our roles have kind of changed. You know, women said, um, we want to have everything that men have. We want to have high paying jobs. We want to be the president of the PTA. We want to be the president of our local police, whatever it is, we want to do it. We want to do it all. But we didn't really give up a lot of traditional roles either. We still primarily are the ones that take our kids to the doctor, the dog to the vet, do the grocery shopping, et cetera. And it's, it's not typically true in all homes, but there's a survey out that talks about how women just are so busy that the number one thing they want is quality time. And you guys know when you sit in a blind, when you sit in a tree stand, when you just walk the woods scouting, you are spending quality time for yourself. It's kind of a, a moment to have a self-reflection and just kind of reset everything and go about your week the next week feeling exhilarated because you've taken a little time to let your mind and your to-do list take a rest. And so that's why we started Hunt Like a Girl, because we really want that confidence to, to go to those women. And I am going to say one more thing. I think, so they, they did that survey to find all that data. I think if they did that same survey today and asked men the same question, I think men would also say that they just want more quality time. Because what I see from our male counterparts is that most of them are still, you know, primarily doing the male traditional roles of a household, they're also working, but they've also taken on additional additional duties that didn't used to be man's role. They're helping with the dishes and they're helping with the cooking and they're doing more and more until you've got two, two people in a family that they're just tapped out because all they're doing is chores and they're not having that quality time. That And that's what hunting and shooting sports can give you is really that quality time just for yourselves and your family to, to enjoy life. No, yeah, yeah, you really I mean, hit it on the head for me. I mean, a lot of the times it's not really even about the hunt. It's about getting outdoors and having those peaceful moments that you don't get during your day-to-day -day life. So you're absolutely correct around that. Yeah, I don't I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but you know, like I get out in the woods and sometimes I get into this zone and like a deer or something will come out and it's like, yeah, do I really want to shoot it? I just, I'm having such a good time. I know it's going to mean work if I got to do that, but I'm just saying that it's not all about, you know, like killing an animal or whatever. You just described perfectly what hunting is for me. And I think for most people and people who don't hunt, don't understand that. No, it's just a recharge. That's we, we spend the whole year just waiting for May to Turkey hunt and get out a few times. And then the fall, that the fall's really all I look for all year. It's my Christmas, right? Yeah. And I get it and I totally recharge and forget about what happens at work and just relax. Yeah. So, so Karen, have you seen um, a difference in, I, I don't know, maybe the number of people that are interested or just the change over the past year with the whole COVID working at home kind of more living more, and I don't want to say sustainable, but I, you know, we, we saw a big change in the industry where there's a lot more hunters coming on board, not to say that they're all scared that they can't get meat at the grocery store or anything like that, but there was just a change in mentality of people wanting to live more sustainable, you know, through their own actions and hunting and all that kind of stuff. Have you seen similar things going on? Well, I've seen that. We've really seen on the firearm side in terms of self-defense with the defund the police movement and yeah. the 
um, protests, we've seen more people of every background concerned about their personal safety and wanting to take responsibility for their own safety um, in terms of self-defense for handguns. Um, on the hunting side, I mean, I I'll tell you, so I understand what the industry is experiencing, but what we've experienced with Shoot Like a Girl from the beginning is these numbers have stayed true with people wanting to hunt but don't. And so I think we as an industry aren't just reaching those people. We are seeing a lot more people. I mean, for the past three years, I mean, you've seen a lot more of the um, kind of the younger generation that gets tagged as millennials being more interested in sustainable living. I mean, I remember that um, Randy Newberg did a, a hunt lecture at a bar and it was packed out with millennial kids that want to know how, how they could go out and get their own food. And so I think that COVID definitely helped on the hunting front, but I think that people have been there. They just don't know how to bridge that gap. It's, it's really what I go back to is we've really got to look at those barriers to entry and find out how we break them down so that we get people. I mean, it's, it's scary. If you don't have land to go hunt on and you wanted to go hunt public land, that is a whole entire another piece when you're out Got here, it. like I'm in Alabama and Tennessee, you know, that's a whole different story than if you're in uh, Idaho or Montana. Yeah. That, and that is a big hurdle, you know, in regards to hunting is where do you, where can you, the prep work revolved around that because I, you know, the hunting public land is just a different beast altogether if you have nowhere to go privately. And that's probably about a 10 hour conversation in and of itself <laughs> about how to hunt public land, if not longer, um, which is, which is, I, I think you're right. I think it, you know, there, there are definitely hurdles involved. Um, not, not necessarily in regards to public hunting or anything, but if, if our viewers out there, if they're interested in getting involved, what, what would you say should be their first steps? What should they do? So I think if there's someone that wants to hunt but doesn't, they should find a hunter and go up to that hunter and say, you know what, I have always wanted to hunt. Would you take me with you, please? Because most states have a um, apprentice program where you don't have to go through the whole entire hunter safety thing. I mean, that's the thing. So we just said everybody's busy, right? So if you think you've got to go spend two days on your computer or in a class to get the hunter safety card for your town, and it's something you don't even know if you're going to like or do or invest in, why are you going to spend that upfront time? And yeah. so that's why these states that have these apprentice programs are so great because you can just buy an apprentice license, go with the licensed hunter, and then that licensed hunter has different responsibilities because then they are assuming the responsibility for their hunter but just, just go ask. I mean, honestly, that's how I did. I, I, I just wrote a story. So I've been a little reminiscent lately, but my very first hunt was feral pigs in Colorado in Pueblo, Colorado, bunch of feral pigs. And I went, I was at the archery shop and I heard my friend, Jerry talking about taking his son on his first hunt. And I said, can I go? And they're like, sure. And so as soon as, as soon as David got his pig, then I shot my pig. And so it was, I mean, I, I'm like, I'm laughing. My first hunt was with a nine-year-old, but it was a great experience. And it's how I got into the, into the hunting world. And I just think that um, for the most part, unless, 
You know, unless you're a total jerk, most people are going to find a way to take you hunting. I don't, I don't know very many hunters that are so focused on themselves that they wouldn't take a day to take somebody else out into the field. Yeah, no, for sure. And we talk about that internally all the time. You know, for us, like I said before, it's not always about the hunt. It's about the experience. We have kids ourselves. Um, Kevin has grandkids. And I, I think we talk every year, we, we look back, you know, at the end of the year and, and kind of talk about our favorite moments throughout the year. And time and time again, you know, for us being parents, it's about bringing our kids out. But that's no different than what you're talking about. It's, it's really about bringing that new hunter and watching them kind of evolve and develop and have this passion for something that you've had all along. And I think that's awesome that, you know, you, you can match people together and, and you blossom when your passions blossom together, it's so much more enjoyable for everybody. Yeah. Involved. Yeah. So that, that is absolutely awesome. I will say though that, so I took my nine-year-old um, to the deer blind with me. We went, I set a blind up so he'd be comfortable and I wouldn't have to worry about him moving as much. Thank goodness. And so we, we didn't see a deer, but I, he was bored. And so I gave him my wind checker I, I highly recommend you don't ever give a nine-year-old wind checker. <laughs> like, he can breathe in that blind. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, that's funny. We I think we've all been, you know, the, the attention span isn't quite there yet, but let's be honest, the attention span even for me isn't always yeah. there either. Um, but it, it is. I, I think, um, you know, my, my oldest one, I think for the first time when he was like seven or eight, year old, eight years old, and I think we might have lasted an hour. Yeah. And that was about all it, the snacks fine. are you know, gone as... within the first 45 minutes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, and the, the bags rattled. Thing, you're gone. probably not finding any, you're not going to see anything anyway, but <laughs> it's about, it's about watching, you know, and helping them enjoy it. And once they enjoy it and they, you know, you take little baby steps, right? Yeah. You're, you're not always going to have, and you're not always going to shoot and probably, you know, statistically it won't happen where you're going to shoot a 12 point on your first hunt out ever. Right? right. That just doesn't happen. And it's about taking those baby sets and keeping in your comfort zone, stepping outside a little bit, cause you have to expand your horizons, but growing that passion. And if you like it, keep doing it, keep going for it. And the success will, will come. At least that's been my experience. Yeah. And, and I would tell you, so when you, do, when you do, like, if you guys were to take a new hunter hunting, especially a woman, I would have a conversation with them early on about expectations of the hunting experience. And so, you know, there's a joke by, um, oh my gosh, one of the comedians who takes his wife hunting and she's got her purse in her heels and she's like, oh, shoot the deer. And it's a very funny, <laughs> fun, it's a funny joke but it is um it's kind of realistic too in a regard because if you if you as the hunter don't tell that new hunter what the the right and left limits are in terms of making noise of walking to the blind of sitting still <laughs> like in a turkey blind when you have new hunters um you know all of those things you you really have done a disservice because they're not going to have a good experience because they the person that you're taking hunting is putting pressure on them to do good for you or you're putting pressure on yourself to do good for them and it's a it's a kind of interesting segue when you really are trying to um take someone hunting for the first time so just make sure you talk about expectations way before the day that you walk to the blind so that they know or the or the tree stand or wherever you're hunting Great point. So for our listeners out there, how, how do they get involved with shoot like a girl or hunt like a girl? 
right? So shootlikeagirl.com. So we are not a membership program. We're a, we're a for-profit business. Allegedly, I always tell people um, <laughs> we're basically event marketers. And so we go out and market all of these, all of the products out there. Like our trailer has a gun bar. We call it our gun bar. And we've got about 28 different firearms that are deactivated that people can shoulder. They can, they can um, work the action on the pistols if they want to. Um, and then, uh, so shootlikeagirl.com, we really need help on Instagram. We're stuck in an Instagram algorithm. So we're SLG Inc. 2 on we Instagram. We know that one. Yep. yep. Yeah. It's, that's a tough, that's a tough break for sure. We'll beat them. <laughs> Maybe I not now so. that I said that now because it's recorded. <laughs> we say it all the time. Yeah. And then so there, there's an event us, calendar. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. So there's an event calendar on your website. They yep, can see yep. where you're going to be. And okay. Yeah, we're in Lawrenceville, um, Georgia in a couple weeks. Um, we're going to be out at um, uh, the world, the archery. What is it? The total archery challenge in Park City, Utah. We'll be out there with Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation in July. I'm looking forward to that. And, and then we do about 20 stops a year. So we're, we're all over the country. We stay hey. south in the winter and we head north in the summer. And are you coming to Michigan? Not this year. We will next year though. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. When you do let us know, that's where our hometown is. We'd love to love to yeah. help out and support you guys. I think what you're doing is so super important to bring new hunters in and uh, the focus that you guys have, the mentorship that, that you guys are providing and just the knowledge, right? The confidence build that you're giving to everybody. You know, I, I can't commend you enough. Thank you so much. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate you guys taking hey, time to, to chat with us about Shoot Like a Girl and Hunt Like a Girl. Hey, no well, one other thing I'd like to say, because I read your bio and stuff, and uh, I'd like to thank you and your husband for your service to our country. Oh, especially, well, especially in light of yesterday's holiday and stuff like that. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah thank you. So my mom is a Gold Star family member. Um, her dad was killed in World War II. My, our son is currently deployed. Um, and so uh, I appreciate that. And honestly, um, it's just part of what we do. And But we do we do appreciate yeah. your thoughts. Thank well, you. We, we appreciate it's you. It's so guys. selfless. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, thank you so much, Karen. And thank you for joining us. We can't wait to hear um, about your success this year. And when you come to Michigan next year, maybe meeting in person. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. All right, you guys take care. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.